Welcome to the Contracting Officer Podcast. Whether you work for government or industry, we're here to help you understand how the other side thinks. Our mission, make government contracting better one contract at a time. This episode is brought to you by Skyway Acquisition Solutions. Skyway helps you know more, do more, and win more in the government market. To get started, visit skywayacquisition.com. Today's episode continues our exploration of the government source selection process. Let's get started. Hey, Kevin. Today we're going to talk about final proposal revisions in the context of a source selection, of course. We are the final proposal revision or the FPR. It's one of the steps in the source selection process, and it's essentially the documentation of the negotiation process. Right. And we talked about that before, but let's put this in the context. I've said context twice now. Let's put this in the context of the acquisition time zone. So we're in the middle of the source selection zone here. And acquisition time zones, back to episode three. If you make the competitive range, which we talked about in a different episode. Podcast number 30, that was, actually. So jumping straight into FAR time here, we are talking about FAR 15.307. This is where they're talking about competitive range determinations and all that stuff. This part specifically gets to the final proposal revisions. So... 15307A says, if an offeror's proposal is not in the competitive range, the government shall not accept or consider revisions to that offeror's proposal. So if you didn't make the competitive range, stop listening now. (laughs) And and go back and listen to uh, one of the ones about how to win more proposals. (laughs) So this is why it's important to take the proposal process seriously. Don't assume that you will make the competitive range and get to move on to discussions. If you don't nail the proposal the first time, you don't get a chance to go to discussions and revise your proposal. And that's why it's important to nail the proposal the first time because you're never guaranteed to get into the competitive range. And the government is trying to get to one offer, trying to thin the herd, right? And one of the best ways to do that is a competitive range determination that takes out, I don't know, could be 90% of the offers. So you may not get a second bite. But if you do, this is what happens. So 15307B says that after the end of discussions, which was episode... Episode number 48. Right. So episode 48, we went deep into what discussions are. When that part is over, each, the FAR says, each offer shall be given an opportunity to submit a final proposal revision. So if you go to discussions, you get a chance to revise your proposal to improve all the stuff that you negotiated during discussions. The contracting officer has to set a common cutoff date for the receipt date for these final proposal revisions. I'll just say FPR from now on. That's easier. And the CO has to tell the offers that the FPR, it's in writing, and the government intends to award without obtaining further revisions. And intends is the important word there because they can obtain further revisions if they really need to or want to, but they intend to not. So this really should be your last chance to get it right. Yeah, and this all all goes to the idea of always treat your proposal like it's the last one you're going to do. So that's just a good axiom of proposal management. But here's the the far language behind it that backs it up as a contracting officer. When I say, I don't have to take another one from you, this is is (laughs) what I'm going to show you to prove this. Why is this so important to understand? So this is how the government gets to just one. This is how... First, they thin the herd through the competitive range determination piece. Then they're reevaluating. And the important thing to remember 
is they're reevaluating your proposal. It's a new proposal. The FPR really helps ensure that the government and industry clearly understand each other. What I'm saying there is earlier in the process, if the communications weren't perfect, if the RFP wasn't completely clear and the offers maybe didn't propose exactly what the government was looking for, the government has rectified that during the discussion process and said, no, here's what we really meant. Here's where you were weak. Let's make sure you you get this right. This is how we make sure both sides understand each other and make sure that if awarded, this proposal becomes a contract that has the greatest chance of success for both government and industry. Yeah, it's another chance to have a meeting of the minds, which is kind of the purpose of a contract, right? Yes, that was much more succinct than the way I said it. I do a lot of reading. And, and, and really, so the documentation part of this, it's how we clarify the final agreement on what the contract will actually have in it. What would the price actually be? You know, all those kind of things. Um, and again, this is, this is, we talk about the importance of communication. This is a pre-award communication. This is even more communication before there's a contract. Um, it's a lot harder than a lot. It can be harder. <laughs> I would argue it is harder to manage stuff after award. Whatever you can clarify ahead of time, that's a good thing. Uh, any pre-award communication all the way through this entire process, through all these uh, the acquisition time zones, is a good thing. This is another example of that. And this is that idea of you know, save one hour now and you'll save 10 hours later or one day now and save you know, a year later. You know, that, that whole idea of invest now and you multiply your time, which is another one of my favorite concepts. <laughs> Specifically now, let's talk government side. Why should the government care so much about this? Again, this is better communication, which leads to better contracts. Which also leads to better terms and conditions and better products and, yes, you know, better prices. But also it's better mission. Right. The ultimate goal is that supporting the mission, that the government is getting what they need for their users, this is how you do that. This goes back to the, the meeting of the minds thing. Is this is, that's, that's, that's why you want a meeting of the minds, so that the customer gets what they really thought they were going to, not so you have a very sexy contract. For me, the most important reason why the government should care, FPRs can be as simple or as complex as you want. But remember – you actually have to evaluate everything you ask for in the FPR. You can make it really simple. Just tell me the changes. You can have them just submit the pages that need to be updated with highlights on what's changes. You can have them use slip pages. You know, just submit, just submit the pages in the proposal that change. Give me new ones. Or you can have them give you a whole new proposal. It's a bad idea. It is a bad idea. <laughs> I've it. actually had the, the situation where the government's asked for submit a clean version of, of the new of the proposal with all your updates and submit another copy with the track changes turned on in, in Microsoft Word. So now as a contractor, cool. the time that it takes, I have to produce two proposals. So I have to I have to write one with track changes, print it out box it all up, make sure it's compliant and everything. Then I have to do another one, clean, do the same thing again. So this is essentially a, a brand new proposal prep phase for contractors. Understand that if you're on the government side. You could get, if you got 10 boxes the first time for a really big proposal, you're going to get 20 the next time or you could get 20 the next time if you uh, if you ask for everything. And, and bef- 
again, I'm putting on my, my contracting officer hat. The assumption may be, oh, yeah, they, well, that's what they do. They crank out proposals. You know what? Okay, that, that may be true. But in, real, in reality, this makes the process longer. It's simple things like, I mean, I've actually heard it in an industry day. Oh, just send us two proposals. That's not a just. That's not even like a, that's a really, really big deal. And, it, and it's enough that some companies are like, no, what, never mind. If you're not paying attention in that FPR stage, you're actually, you could be getting two new proposals. Make this simple, please. <laughs> <laughs> now, at the same time, don't be afraid to do them. There, there's this logic of, well, I've never done a, uh, I've never gone into discussions. Um, it's, it's ripe with issues. Uh, it's, it's another layer. It's going to make it harder. There's just a whole other set of lawyers. You know, it's more work. Is it worth it? It, it, it is if you make it simple. Okay, so and it also you don't want to be afraid of getting into this uh, this process of negotiating during a source selection because it gives you experience in in number one the context of of doing it, but also I've always been surprised by what I got from an FPR. And okay, the cynic says, "Oh, it's lower price." No, I got better. I got a better understanding. We in some cases we got a a more clear requirement. Um, Well, that sounds bad. I got a more clear understanding of how they were solving the requirement. Uh, they, they sent in new pictures of their, uh, their product that made things even more clear of how it perfectly fit what we were doing. I mean, that kind of stuff. It made it easier for me to say, yeah, this thing is absolutely what we need. And for that matter, for the user, who's, again, the person we're actually serving that has the need, they were like, yeah, that's the one I want. Let's, you know, that, that's all good things. And again, this didn't have any, anything to do with price. And then my, my personal favorite is that... that gets the companies to understand what is the government really, on top of everything else, what is the government most fixated on of all the requirements now that we're in a, in a head-to-head competition during the competitive range. And so, in other words, the evaluation criteria don't change, the weightings of them don't change, but your clarity of how you nail them can change. And last thing for me, I know I've talked about this before, give the contractors a heads up on what's going to be in the FPR during that discussions phase and try not to change your mind too much later without giving them more heads up. There was a situation once where we got to discussions and they said, we're only going to ask you to update this. And then the FPR came out and it asked to update all kinds of other stuff that was a huge change to our proposal that if we had talked about it during discussions, we would say, you know, that means that we're going, that all the offers are going to have to do this, 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 this. But it wasn't mentioned, and that little tweak ended up basically having to submit a whole new proposal instead of just a couple pages, as I think the government was hoping for. So I'll move that moves us on to why should industry care? Why should industry care? Because if you don't get this communicated well during discussions, that FPR thing um, could be a lot, a lot of work that could be avoided if you talked about it better. So industry, this is your second bite at the apple. You got to the competitive range de- determination. You got two discussions. Now you're submitting a proposal again, and this is what they're going to evaluate. There is great peril here, so let me let me lay this out. The government can only evaluate what industry submits in the final proposal revision. So they can't say, well, I really like the original thing they wrote better, so I'm just going to give them credit for that. No, no, no. Once your FBR replaces what was written in the original proposal – so pay very close attention to the direction, to what they're saying during discussions to you about your weaknesses. Make sure that you pay close attention to the instructions for the FPR because this is essentially Section M again. 
they're giving you explicit instructions on what to submit and how to submit for the FPR. And most, most, most importantly, only change what the government asks you to change. Resist the temptation to improve the rest of your proposal. Everybody submits a proposal and knows that there are parts that could have been written better. You're always in a time crunch. There's always something that you'd like to make better. But if the government didn't bring that up in discussions, don't change it. They've already evaluated it. And if you decide to improve the rest of your proposal, you could actually improve it right down the rating scale. You could inadvertently lower your ratings, not just not just improve things. If they've already evaluated something, they've set it aside, and your score is your score. If you guess at what, how to improve it, you could actually get a lower rating in the end on something that you already were rated good on. Yeah, and the, the challenge here is if you change something in the proposal, you're creating work for somebody. It, let me rephrase that. If you change things that weren't asked to be changed. So imagine you're a contracting officer, you evaluator, and you, you have these evaluation notices. You sent out 10 things that they wanted to change, and here's this 11th one. They redid a page, and you're thinking, well, what do I do with this? Do I, do I, I, I'm going to look at the old one. Do I look at the new one? And so to your point, Paul, is that if they've already looked at it, don't take her with it. It's okay. <laughs> Just fix what they asked for. Um, so because you're right, there's always something to do better. And the last thing I'll say on this is that the other companies in the competitive range want to win just as badly as you do. And so the competition continues here. And I'll give you a story of a, of a company that came to us uh, and they said, oh, yeah, well, we're in the competitive range for this contract, so we're good to go. You know, they sent us a, a letter asking for evaluation notices and we're going to win. And I explained to them, it's not over yet. You know that, right? And you know, back and forth, long story short, a couple of weeks later, they call back and they're like, oh, yeah, we didn't win it. And they were shocked. Now, I'm oversimplifying the story. It's more complex than that. But that was the reality is that they kind of, hey, I made this, I made this gate so I can, I can slow my pace. The, the other companies, it's like the ninth inning, right? The other companies want to win just as badly as you do. So don't take your foot off the, off the pedal. Or you may be surprised that, that uh, you put in a lot of effort and still lost All right, let's wrap this up, Kevin. Government side. When you go to discussions, you're going to request final proposal revisions. Make them as simple as possible. Make it insanely simple if you have to. But use the competitive range determination and discussions and final proposal revision process when it makes sense. Just don't go overboard with what you're asking contractors to submit. And make sure you give them a heads up on how long they're going to have to respond. Uh, it's a, the example I give is that we had a competitive range termination and we got final proposal revisions. We gave them a week to respond. And they did, of course, and we got proposals. And during the debriefing from one of the, one of the companies that lost, actually, so I just asked. You know, I thought the source selection went exceptionally well. And I said, you know, what could we have done better? And he said, honestly, the one thing is like we were hustling our butts off to get that final proposal revision in. And he's like, I know there are only – a few things, but the spiderweb impact they had on the whole contract, we really had to think about it and realize what the impact was going to be to price and, and supply chains and all that kind of stuff. And it, it was exhausting. So a week wasn't enough time. To me, it felt like plenty of time, right? Industry side, you made it through discussions. You're going to submit a FPR. Great job. But don't get arrogant now. It's not over. It's not. Don't treat it just like admin, like, oh, now we just submit this and we win. No, no, no. The evaluation process is still going on, and it's even more important because this this really is your last chance unless they go to really final proposal revisions. But this really should be your last chance. Remember, your final proposal revision will win you the award, 
or lose you the award. This is your proposal all over again. And if you tinker with things that don't need tinkered with, you could make your proposal worse in the evaluator's eyes. All right, Kevin, I think that's it for today. I'll talk to you later. All right, thanks, Paul. I'll see you later. Okay, thanks for joining us. That's it for this week's episode of the Contracting Officer Podcast. If you have questions, comments, or complaints, please send me an email at paul at contractingofficerpodcast.com. And if you want to help make government contracts better one contract at a time, tell a friend about the Contracting Officer Podcast. It's a great way to help industry and government understand each other just a little better and work together better. See you next time.